What's up everybody, it's Angelina Love, seven time women's world champion, one half of the beautiful people, and you are listening to Toilet Side Talk. Have fun. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Marcus, and welcome to another episode of Toilet Side Wrestling Talk. Today's guest does not perform in the ring. He performs all around it, I guess sometimes in the ring, but he's the owner of New Wave Pro Wrestling. When I moved to Champaign, Illinois, which for some of you who don't know where Champaign, Illinois is, it's where the University of Illinois is in central Illinois. I moved away from Chicago, where I had access to Allstate Arena and United Center and Wintrust Arena for the bigger pro wrestling events. When I moved down here, I discovered in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is just 90 minutes away, an easy drive is New Wave Pro Wrestling. The shows have been insanely good. I could not be happier having this that close to me. So very excited to have our guest today. His name is Michael Guest, and he's the owner of New Wave Pro Wrestling. Michael. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just enjoying this this evening, man. It's it's nice outside. It's not too hot. So uh just oh, came back inside actually. Just like I said, I was just driving home. 
I, I'm like, I'm literally 90 minutes uh, from here to Terre Haute. I'm in Champaign. Uh, I'm in Savoy, Illinois, right next to Champaign. Yeah, Savoy. There's a there's a skating rink in Savoy, isn't there? Yeah, to- that's so funny. My son was just talking about that earlier today. Um, yeah, there is. I've never been. They have. Well, you you know what's real funny is you know skating rinks are the the one place that usually do allow wrestling events to happen. That's why I asked if. And my brother, oh, no, no, no. Skater, so I used to when he went to the speed meet. Um, there was huh? in Savoy. Oh, really? Yeah. That- yeah. Well, I, I don't think anymore. The place is barely open. Like, they, they have very yeah. strange hours. Um, but, okay, I have, thank you very much, first off, for, for coming on. Um, is it supposed to rain on Saturday, Juno? You know? uh, it is. Um, okay. That, I mean, it, it's supposed to, and I'm hopefully it, it holds off. Luckily, the, the building we get into on the weekend, they, they allow us to set up Friday. But if it's pouring down rain at 10, 10 or 11, then we're loading out all the equipment in the rain. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I, this may have happened when I was uh, concussed, uh, you know, the last like, two weeks. So I was doing some research on you. Not with the, you know, not with the FBI or any government agencies that I would say. <laughs> but... Were you in the market for a washer and a dryer set? Actually, yeah. Uh, yes. It's, that's funny you ask. Um, our washer actually just went out like a week ago, and we didn't notice it, so we're like washing clothes, washing clothes. And then my wife's like, hey, uh, babe, it's not spinning. So luckily, mm-hmm. uh, my sister actually just lives down the street from us, so uh, we just basically take our clothes down there and get them done. But yes, we are in the, the market for a washer. Cause I would, I would send my wife down uh, and you, I mean, she could live in your backyard or in the house or something and do all <laughs> the like wash, but by hand, she's from old <laughs> Russia. Um, oh. <laughs> do, are you in Terre Haute right now? Yeah. Yes. I actually, I live in Terre Haute. And did you grow up there too? Yes. Okay. What's I'm, I'm new to Terre Haute. What's something fun to do outside of, you know, going to a sh- uh, one of your shows? Yeah. Um, there's actually uh, me growing up. I always hit up the skating rink. Uh, my brother was a professional speed skater. So that oh, actually wow. got us to travel around the Midwest a lot. But uh, other than that, uh, I don't know, man. I used to I'm a big concert buff, too. OK, so my brother in law, he uh, he does some bar bands and stuff like that. So if you're into that, oh, cool. uh, he does that other. I mean. For a young crowd, I would say the mall, but they're rebuilding. They're kind of remarketing our mall. So there's really nothing going on in there except the E-Bash that used to be on 3rd Street just moved into the mall. Okay. So, I mean, it's really, I mean, we've got a movie theater. We've got stuff like that. But, I mean, lately, if you were were coming to Terre Haute, yeah, we have laser tag. Bogies, let's go karts. Yeah, see, bogies, let's go karts. Yeah. Um, do you see deer often? And the reason I ask this is, um, at the le- the May was it May seventh show or something um, yes. that we, we just saw highlights of. I almost killed like four or five deer <laughs> driving home. Like, yeah, they kept like, jumping out. Yeah, especially right before it gets dark. Um, are you the? Do you go through Paris to get home? So you take. Uh, 
I forget the road. I just know it comes it comes in the West T from Paris, and you can go towards Paris Champagne from West T if you don't take seventy. Yeah, if my ways was interviewing to, uh, interviewing you, the, he, he or she could answer that. I have no idea. I just go where where it tells me. Literally, <laughs> I just look for arrows. Yeah, hey, and, I, I don't and I'm you. new to the area. But yeah, there's there's a lot of deer. And if you mm-hmm. haven't noticed coming into Indiana, there is a lot of corn. Yes. I, yes. I, when I moved down here into this region, yes, it's a lot of corn. It's, it's, did you, I, I hear a voice in the background? Um, is, is that like, um, you ever see Iron Man? Yeah. Was that your Jarvis or was that a, a, a human? That's a human, but that's that, that your that wife. Yeah, she likes the Jarvis description better, but that would be my wife. Is she from? Are you? Is she from uh, Terre Haute as well? Um, yeah, since two thousand five, she lived in Brazil, Indiana before that. Oh, oh, okay. How'd you guys meet? Um, it's real, it's real funny. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, um, funny thing is, uh. I actually worked a job at the, not at the time, but I was working with her aunt and uh, her aunt, I noticed passed away. And I think I saw Tia, which that's my wife's name. Um, I helped out with some non-for-profits. I've done some haunted attractions, kind of consultation stuff for spooky stuff. I'm into a lot of stuff. It's really weird, but I (laughs) saw her there, but then, you know, I'm going to go ahead and come out and say it. I kind of peeped her Facebook page and I started making small talk with her about her aunt and come to find out we, um, earlier way back in the day, we only lived two streets away from each other, but we had several mutual friends, but we've never, we never actually connected with each other in the circle, but we knew everyone that each other knew if that makes sense. Oh, that's really funny. And so how long did it take from then to getting married? Um, so we got together 2015, 16. End of 15, started of 16. Yeah, so end of 15. Married in 2018, so about two years. Um, about two years. Oh, nice. Um, I'll ask you your feelings on marriage so far off air or when she, uh, maybe (laughs) splits or something. Anyways, okay. So growing up, you... In, in Terre Haute, uh, were your your parents from the area as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, both mom and dad um, from Terre Haute. They were uh, they were actually from a spot in West Terre Haute. It's, it's really funny that we do shows oh. over there um, called Toad Hop. It's a little it's West Terre Haute, but it's like a little subdivision that they call Toad Hop. Um, <laughs> really weird, but yeah, they they've lived in Terre Haute all their lives. And did you have any uh, like siblings? Um, I've got a older brother and an okay. older sister. So I was, uh, which I joke with them all the time. I was the vacation when they went away and came back and was like, "Oh, we're having number three. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So is are you close with with them? Um, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Okay. Uh, okay. My sister, yes. My brother, it's it's hit and miss. So when you were a kid, what what were you like? What were you interested in? Um, growing up, uh, my brother, as I said, he was a speed skater, so we would be traveling mm-hmm. around. 
but uh, my parents were actually into wrestling. Um, they didn't. My dad didn't wrestle. No, it would have been cool. No. But he's uh, he worked. He's ran a recycling center in town for years. But uh, oh, wow. they used to go to WWF Home and Center when it was WWF um, at Home and Center. They would come like every three months. And oh, the funny wow. story, yeah. And the the funny story I always tell is being three or four years old. I've been terrified of heights since I was two, and I'll get in. I'll get into all that later, but oh, I was actually yeah. afraid to walk into Holman Center. And my parents would always have like the front second row seats. So yeah, yeah. for the first three or four years, I would never go. Like I'd go in, but I'd leave because I was terrified to walk down the stairs and go down thinking that it was like 300 feet away. Oh my God. So, yeah, so, yeah. So the, the multiple shows. Did you like when you would go to the show where you're like, I'm going to be, I'm gonna, this is going to be fine, blah, 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 and psych yourself up or. Yeah. Um, eventually I did. Um, I just mm-hmm. bit the bullet and went, and that's kind of when I kind of fell in love with everything, so to speak. Um, so how old were you at that point? Um, when I finally, like, it was probably like seven or eight, finally. I was, you know, never, you know, terrified of going there, but then, like, we would go, and then I finally bit the bullet, and that's, you know, I was just like, okay, this is this is really cool. Which, I mean, I watched it on TV. My parents would have the pay-per-view parties and everything like that. Yeah. So I knew what I was watching, but, like, seeing it up close was like, wow. <laughs> now, may I ask you a question? Yeah. Are, are both of your parents still alive? Yes, they are. Okay. Yep, if... Um, if if you're at the show, uh, of course you'll be at the show. They actually, yeah. um, they'll be, they'll probably be around the cons- uh, our merch area setting. Oh, okay, okay. Can I ask you a, a question? You don't have to answer this. How old are your parents? Um, funny story about my parents. Okay. Uh, they just both turned sixty-seven because they have the same birthday. No way. And year. And year. 11, 11, 29, 54, both of them. Were they same birth at the same hospital? I don't know if they were at the same hospital, but I know it's the same the same That's month, crazy the same that date, the, the same they year. ended up yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. So th- they're 67. I'm I'm much older than you. And my parents are much older, especially my stepdad, than your parents. Yeah. I would have killed to have parents who were into wrestling. Once my parents expire, I would say we're looking at 15 years. Would your parents be interested in adopting a eh, mid 50 year old man? I mean, it, it could probably happen. I would, I, I would, would imagine it. love that. <laughs> so, so like, uh, Oh, was your, was your brother and sister, were they into wrestling too because of your parents? Actually, I mean, they watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, my brother took me to some events back in back way in the day. Yeah. But I mean, he was just kind of like, "Hey, we bought your brother tickets to this, so you have to take him at the at, at that time." But I mean, they yeah. uh, they watched it, but I mean, they never got into it as as much as I ended up getting into it. So do you have a lot? Do you have a lot of memories watching wrestling with like like you know even big moments of wrestling with your parents? Um, I was, uh, one thing that really stuck out with me is we were actually leaving. Um, you remember when WWF done the restaurant in New York? Sure. Of course. Um, we were leaving that restaurant the night that Owen Hart had his accident and that, 
that stays with me all the time because like people were freaking out in there because they were showing the pay-per-view and all that but uh yeah that's nuts yeah i never even Um, thought about that that would have been horrible to be there and and see there and have to sit there yeah and then i was actually in the front row in indy when sid broke his leg in wcw oh no really yeah, because everyone was watching the the staging area um, for I think it was Road Warrior, the Road Warrior to come out because that's who was running in. But then I noticed, you know, he just done the big boot off the top rope, and when he landed, I seen him fold. And then when his leg uh, leg comes up, and you yeah. see it the other the opposite way, yeah, it was oh. definitely definitely I mean, scary. Still, I know we have. You know, technology is very advanced and stuff, but I can't imagine ever walking again with that type yeah. of injury. You know, like yeah. you know, the leg is reconstructed. Yeah, um, that's what they oh. got the, the screws and metal bars for. <laughs> Did your mom, was your mom into wrestling before she met your dad? I don't think so. I think it was kind of okay. like just a family, like a family thing at the time where, you know, we'd order the pay-per-views. My cousins would come over. You know, at the time it was it was big where you have the cable box where, you know, you didn't have to pay for it and uh-huh. all that stuff. So they'd all come to one house and we'd watch it. Daddy. So, yes. Is that a parent or an, a human child? That's a human child. That would be a human child. <laughs> yep. What's your name? Or no, don't give your name. You know, I was going to wear the same outfit that you're wearing. I'm so glad that I would have embarrassed myself. No. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to wear it. What are the chances? This is my Oh, thank God. I would have been so embarrassed. <laughs> no. I, I can't. No. Yep, you Do you was. have a driver's license, little one? No. Not yet? What are you, 13, 14, 15-ish? I'm, I'm four. <laughs> you're four? Yeah, I would have said you're at least five. Yeah. Do you like? Okay, I have one question for you. Who do you like more, your mom or your dad? I'm joking. You don't have to answer that. He said, "Mommy." That's that's definitely given. (laughs) That's a that's a very good answer. Yes. Yeah. You're you're a good daughter. I need to give you a question. Sure. Okay. So. Baby, <laughs> you're funny. Dude. All right, hey, hilarious. Daddy's talking. Was that English? Hey, yep. Hey, hey I'm talking. Hey. I'm talking. <laughs> hey, go, go get mama. <laughs> go get mom. Oh, you're going to tell on me? <laughs> that's mommy. great. Yeah. She's that's a, hilarious. She's a, yeah. Yeah, she is a hoot. So at what point do you, like, um, become aware of, like, independent wrestling? So I was, uh, you know, uh, the age of 12 and 13, um, a bunch of me and my friend, well, I connected with a bunch of people that already liked wrestling and okay. we had the crazy idea. They were like, man, we want to build a ring in somebody's backyard and you know how it goes. So yeah, totally. Did, yeah. So at that point, the, the first thing was we got a bunch of skids. Um, we went, uh, I think we just went to like, 
each other's house and anyone that had like the mattresses or anything like that. Yeah. We would uh we just kind of gathered some old mattresses, put a tarp around it and put four posts on it. And we built a ring and we was, you know, messing around in the backyard, dropping elbows, hurting each other, not knowing what oh we do, what we're doing. So at that point, like we started looking online of what other people were doing and it was like, okay, you know, backyard wrestling, a lot of people do it. And then it was, uh, it was the, the time of the, the time of the, the, uh, I didn't kick you girl. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> But uh, yep. <laughs> no, go sit with mommy. Daddy's talking. <laughs> but uh, we done that, and then it kind of, kind of evolved from that because then you know I was like, man, people, people do this backyard thing. It's cool. And then my friends, you know, they kind of grew out of it. But I'm like, man, I, you know, I kind of stuck with it. And then I connected with another group of, you know, teenage boys and a few girls that were like, yeah, you know we're wrestling in this barn somewhere. So like I connected with them and then over time, probably in the, the midst of four years, actually being like, I really actually want to take this to the next level. Uh-huh. And at that point I uh, started looking at like independent shows. I mean, at that time it was really, you know, your WCW, WWF Monday night. War sure. stuff. So not too many like independents were going on at, the, at that point. Mm-hmm. So we continue to uh, continue to kind of evolve in the backyard, so to speak. And then, you know, going to the the WCW shows in Terre Haute, the WCW Thunder when it was real big. Yeah. Um, I actually connected with two guys that had um, a ring in their backyard. And I was like, oh, you know, it's cool. I had one, too. And then, you know, I get to their house and it's like okay this is this one's built a little bit better than you know a lot better than yeah. mine and it actually has ropes you can hit and stuff like that and then at that point they were actually watching videos to learn how to bump to do the event you know to actually mm-hmm. do the move so that's what they were doing because you know we were just jumping on jumping elbows and leg drops and just yeah yeah people around so and uh what's that how old are you at this point uh 15 16 okay, at this so point really young yeah yeah young young so um you know my parents thought i was crazy because they're like what are you doing i was like you gotta go gotta go wrestle and they're like what so i was going over to their house and they were kind of like the same thing that we were doing producing shows taping them and doing everything else mm-hmm. and they got they got like a local news spot or whatever and um, the, the guy that was running it wanted to, at that point, he was like, you know, I want to buy a ring. I want to start doing shows. And then that's kind of evolved from, okay, cool. You know, we're doing this backyard thing, but what is everyone else doing? So at that yeah. time we started going to a company called WCWO in Indianapolis that was ran by Don Basher at that time, rest in peace. His son still runs the place. But uh, we started going to the indie shows up there, and that kind of got me my brain rolling. Like, you know, we could really, could really do this. I talk a lot. I apologize. No, I'm glad. <laughs> it's great. Now, are you when you're thinking of of like going to the next level? Are you doing this alone, or like do you have like a group of you or another person so, where you guys do it together? So at that point, um. 
when we went, when we transitioned to the actual ring, there was about the, a kid I went to high school with was, Mm -hmm. had kind of the same passion as well, middle school and high school with that had the same passion as me. And then like two other guys that would actually end up moving to Terre Haute. And we all kind of had this group that would start going around learning the business and everything else like that. So there was, there was a core crew of Mm -hmm. the ones who actually, wanted to do it and then there was the other core crew who thought it was cool that didn't want to take it serious it was like okay we can go do this show and my family's gonna come and i'm gonna end up hurting myself yeah yeah so like were you thinking that like you were gonna wrestle that would be your you know that's what you'd be doing at the shows yeah so um i was i was blessed enough to actually start wrestling myself um Mm -hmm. like at 16 17 18 taking it seriously actually going to the shows helping set up the ring helping tear down the ring and then kind of getting my feet wet wrestling um locally uh at that time that backyard fed have actually became an actual wrestling company so we were doing shows, you know, every other week at a big bar in town that used to be called Willie Jack's. Um, that was would you right get a, 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 a good turnout? Um, it was super weird because at that point, um, it was a bar. It served food, and we were we were their Sunday entertainment. So back in the day, when you know I was young and handsome, uh-huh. I guess I don't know, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were selling anywhere at those shows anywhere from four to six hundred tickets. Really? Yeah, and it was it was it was myself and about three others who actually took it very seriously. But uh-huh. then at the point, um, the bad thing was we worked. The promoter at the time was working for kind of himself, where it was like, okay, nonchalantly, I have a car payment coming up. Hey, we need to have a show this day. Here's your stack of tickets. Go do what you need to do. So, like, I know there are some shows where I've I was, you know, selling to my family, my friends, and I mean, there's like two or three of us were selling almost a hundred tickets a piece. Wow. Yeah, That's this really is impressive. This is like early two thousands, like two thousand, two thousand to 2003 or two yeah just you know i mean that's around- the very beginning of like the indie you know like when that it yeah. started you know ring of honor started getting really popular yeah i remember i remember going to iwa and iwa mid-south at that time because they were down yeah. in jeffersonville and watching the show and in would be running like a place in indy and they'd be doing their shows we'd go up and watch um we'd go up and help um, but yeah, it was like the very bloom because I remember buying a, the first Ring of Honor show on DVD from from High Spots and like oh yes, you know, totally. I used to do the same. Yeah, and it's funny because me and the like the three other guys that was actually taking it serious at the time, we were greenhorns. We didn't know nothing about the business, so we would go watch Amazing Red versus uh, oh I forget who it was. It was the first DVD, first Ring of Honor. But we would be like, we want to do this whole match. So we'd get to these, you know, the Terre Haute shows and they would be doing, you know, they'd be dropping elbows and just flipping on each other. And then we would go out and just mimic the whole match. And they're like, these guys are actually doing something. So it was really cool. cool. Yeah. Did, um, when did the opportunity or the idea 
for New Wave Pro? When was that like come into your life? Okay, so um, 2004, I graduate high school. Um, okay. At that time, I'm you know I'm just I'm just living life. I'm being an, an independent wrestler. Um, we're going to shows. We mainly run. We mainly ran like Evansville. The Coliseum was great because we got to meet a lot of people that we didn't even think we would be in the ring with. True, but like uh, Rudy Charles uh, was down there. ICP would come down there regularly oh. on uh, on Wednesday nights, and then most of the the Juggalo Championship wrestling guys. Um, the only thing that I was upset is kind of our. Our first show, it was uh, actually being on the card. There was a big brawl between the workers, and it split everyone in half. But, like, they were telling us, like, at the time, Tyler Black, John Moxley, and all those guys were getting ready to come into the Coliseum. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. And then I know the guys I hung out with knew who they are. But, like, right when we started to show up, this whole shift happened with the booking and stuff. So once the other booker took over, none of that happened. But, I mean, we still learned a lot going down there with guys oh, that sure. were actually, you know, want to wrestle. Uh, fast forward to 2007 to 2012, I got burnt out. I was done. Um, at that time, you know, the the, – the, the What was the final school, straw? Yeah, the, the high school sweetheart breakup, blah, 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 you know. Making yeah, music, yeah. It's not for me, blah, blah, blah. So I start a music venue in town. Um, I start booking bands and doing that for four to five years. Well, wow. yeah, I was, I, a lot of like the heavier metal bands that you see right now, like Motionless and White, uh, mm-hmm. Missy, I um, try to think of a few others that's really huge now. I had them play in my building in front of like two to 300 kids. So I've got that's a back, like my, my background's entertainment production. Yeah, and yeah. And you, but, like, uh, did you recognize that you had like a knack for that? I did because like, I'm always, I've always studied, studied the game, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. if I go to get into something, I have to do it a hundred percent. And I, I always tell my wife it's a curse. Cause like, we'll be sitting here and I'll be flipping through AEW. AEW comes on and she goes, well, I'm going to go in the bedroom. And <laughs> yeah. Watch see in two show. hours. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. Is it, it, is it difficult? I should probably ask it at the end, but are you ever not thinking about wrestling? I'm not saying as a fan, like as business. Um, and and again, it's a curse. I call it a curse, but I love the yeah. curse. I I I can't stop. Like mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but I I can't stop. Because I was thinking about that today, like about like being in your shoes, and I I'm like. I would be thinking about that as I was going to bed, as I was waking up. Like, yeah. it would. So that's a curse. That's interesting you say it like that. Yeah, um, but it's it's not a bad curse. But I know no, no. What I'm supposed to be doing it's it's really yeah weird. exactly. So okay, so that was what. So you're you're burnt out. What yeah. made you come like get out of that? So at that time. Um, you know, I started, I'm on Facebook, I'm talking to people. I get a random message from a guy that used to see me wrestle at Willie Jack's back in the day. And he goes, hey, um, this is so-and-so. I watched you wrestle. Are you doing any more wrestling? I'm like, well, not really. But I, you know, I never really thought about, you know, my boots 
kick pads and everything are still up in the uh, in the closet. Never planned to put them on. Didn't really think mm-hmm. about it. He was like, hey, well, a buddy of mine just bought an 18 by 18 wrestling ring. Um, we're doing tapings. Would you come out and watch one and just kind of give us feedback? And I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. Well, at the time, I didn't know that the guy that owned the ring kind of despised me um, because back in Willie Jacks, they saw what we done and they've always wanted to do it. So they went and bought a ring, but they couldn't kind of get it off the ground, so to speak. Like they was always in a barn taping on YouTube and that's, that's the, the further they got, you know, no yeah, train. Okay. Um, so I, I finally staged like a meeting with both these guys. I was like, look, I was asked to come out, kind of consult you guys. Um, I really, you know, I'm really not wrestling at all. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just a favorite of one of the fans. Well, I go out there and I start getting to the ring and I start bumping around. And then I'm like, okay, you know, this is this is like the niche of getting my brain going again. Um, so the guy sees what I'm doing. And, you know, this is probably six or seven years out of the ring. You know, I'm bumping, mm-hmm. running the ropes. And, I'm, you know, it's like riding a bicycle you know, everything starts coming. And some of these guys have never actually taken a bump, you know, never done an actual yeah, yeah. or anything like that. So I get an email from both those guys that was kind of like, Oh no, we don't want him there at the, the night when I got home and they were like, Hey, come train our guys. Would you be fine with that? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Um, so I, I put out there, Hey, you know, I'm starting to wrestle again. I've got access to a ring. You know, if you guys want to train, and then at that time, some of the people from that watched me at Willie Jack's got a hold of me. It was like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to wrestle. Um, get that going. Start hitting. I, I tell them, I'm like, why are you guys not, like, taking this seriously? Like, are you guys content just filming this? So yeah. I put on an event at the time because I was still doing the music stuff. And I brought mm-hmm. them in and their first show. Um, and then... Like West T during the Willie Jacks days where we wrestle right now was the the kind of the spot we would go to besides Willie Jacks. So there's wrestling that's that's been in the building with with the Crossroad Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, the company that they kind of started. What I'm talking about right now would be Classic. It was a Classic Wrestling Federation (CWF). Okay. So uh, they start being like, okay, I think we can do these shows. So I get them connected with uh, the community center. They start running the community center. Well, um, you know, I start bringing in some of my, some of my old friends. I'm like, Hey, this is what we're doing again. I know you guys are still working. And they, the owner was kind of getting jealous, like almost like, okay, I see him doing this, but I can do it on my own. So um, the last show I was with them, I knew from conversation from those guys that at the end of the night, they were going to pull me aside and tell me that I was no longer needed. So I went in, I went to the show knowing that they were going to have this conversation. So I come uh-huh. in, I notice I'm not on the card, which I already knew I was going to be on the card that night. So I just okay. kind of chill. We do the whole thing. We leave. We're at Denny's. And then, uh, the, the crew I kind of brought in, we were all talking. I was like, if if they're just going to kind of nix me, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to buy a ring again. And they're like, yeah. no, you're not. I'm like, look, dude. I was like, give me three weeks and I will have a ring. Um, so at that point, it's 2011, 
going to 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. Um, I started on Craigslist. That's my first go to get anything is Craigslist. Yeah. And at the time, the um, the Amazing Spider-Man was finishing up filming in Louisville. The production oh. company that was on the Amazing Spider-Man still had the ring. So I was I was talking to these guys and they were like, yeah, the ring's for sale. It was like a 14 by 14 ring. It was small, but it was something to get us started. Yeah, so sure. Everyone, yeah, so I ended up getting the 14 by 14. And it, what was really unique about this ring was when it wasn't, when they weren't filming, for some reason they thought they needed to elevate the ring and fly it and keep it up top. So in the ring posts mm-hmm. on the ring with hooks and safety cables where they rigged it up and they just raised the ring up instead of taking it down. Yeah. So that oh. Cool. Yeah. So that was Did pretty Did you have cool. to go and get it? Yeah. So uh, we actually went down to Louisville to get mm-hmm. it. Um, and then we brought it back. And then at that point where I was doing the concerts, I would put it up and we'd start training. And then like my big thing at the time is I didn't want to, I didn't want to go and steal the, the so-and-so guys from what he was already doing. But a lot of them was like, well, they respected me. They knew my background and they were like, well, we're going to, we're going to come work for you. I was like, it's not what I'm asking. It's not what I'm telling you. You make your own decision, but I'm not making it seem like I'm just going to steal the guys and say, Hey, you could, you know, come work for me. Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was like one night at Denny's. I was like, I can, I can do this again. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it's been, it's been a, a roller coaster of events, so to speak. Is it, um, is it exhausting um, promoting on social media? Uh, um, it, it can be, but I, mm-hmm. the one thing, and especially like right now, um, coming from kind of giving you a, a timeline of things from 2012 um, it was always me. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, I was doing everything. Um, few few years later, um, Chris Abel came in as my partner, and that's when we actually sold at the time what we called the baby ring because it was small. Mm-hmm. Uh, was financially blessed by getting a sixteen by sixteen full size, mm-hmm. the same ring we have right now. And mm-hmm. come fast forward to two years ago, um, Earl has came on. As our as our booker, okay. So it's like a little timeline. So so you know it's it's slowly starting, and it takes time. Like we've been like New Wave's been around for ten years. I've been mm-hmm. doing this for a lot longer than that. That's what I. Yeah, do. yeah. Did uh, do you do you have to have like um t- do you have to have two rings? No, like, just you don't in have case. To. Um, no, but we like we have extra turnbuckles we have extra equipment in the trailer because i mean if mm-hmm. a i mean there's cables that snap all the time um ropes could break turnbuckles could snap mm-hmm. so i mean for us you know knock on wood because we've got a show in one day we've yeah. been extremely blessed of like troubleshooting when we put up the ring friday making sure everything's good and then getting through the show but i mean we still have i mean it's safe but um, lately we've had to push, we've had to rotate our wood because if you know anything about wood right now, um, a plank, one of the planks on the ring is almost $90 right now. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. is it, is it hard? Like, have you seen any, like, um, 
you know, gas is ridiculously expensive now. Is that do you is that um is that rough on the on the pro wrestlers right now? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I because I mean, you know, especially coming up this show, we have you know we have someone coming from Nebraska. We have Shug D coming up from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, people traveling from St. Louis. But what really helps that is I know. I know some of the guys have had three or four shows around our show that kind of offsets the cost for them. So, I mean, they get compensated pretty well, but I mean, yeah, that's why we're always pushing, you know, Hey, buy their t-shirt, get their eight by, you know, get a picture with them, buy their merch. For sure. For sure. Um, is it, how do you like go about like assembling a rock, like a roster of kind of, you know, regular semi-regulars? Yeah. So, uh, when, when Earl took over two years ago, we, we kind of went and we went a hundred, like a hundred percent different route than anything we've done in the past, because a lot of, hold on, a lot of the times, like over the years, I was doing the booking, the promoting Mm -hmm. and everything all in one. So basically what we have done with Earl is basically I was handed him. I was like, look, we'll approve it. But I'm not, I don't have my hand in it. I'll, I'll give ideas. But when when he says that he is the booker, that's what he does. He books with okay. our appro- approval. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with us establishing what we're doing now, coming from the Armory to West T, we've had mm-hmm. our core guys that we've started with years ago mm-hmm. um, that has, you know, that, that's moved on, that's not wrestling, that's doing different things. So when we started um, actually taping the Higher Ground series, we had sat down and said, hey, we have these core guys that we want to build, and eventually it will, it will basically do a flip-flop where the new, cl- the, the, the new breed comes in after we get these guys established and we'll keep establishing. Because I don't know, like you might have noticed, and a lot of people that don't notice about our shows is we're 100% character-driven. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, I love it's it. cool. It's cool that you, you know, the guys that have the black trunks, the black boots that can wrestle. No, you know, not talking any any smack about that stuff. But mm-hmm. from what we gather, that in Terre Haute, especially, you have to have some type of character to to engage in the crowd. Um, just like your Eric, Eric Dillinger, you know. Public enemy number one. He's gonna he's gonna make it known that he's public enemy number one. Uh-huh. Um, Victor Analog, his character, you know, analog character, the lights, everything like that. So our our big thing right now is building stars, but we're building the characters. And uh-huh. a lot of the times, like right now, we see um, Mad Dog Connolly didn't start with this, but uh-huh. I think from us kind of doing what we're doing with him now, other companies are seeing what's going on. And especially with uh, with Don't Die Miles, um, we mm-hmm. pushed him through the whole, you know, the the Crossroads Championship, the the New Wave Pro Championship, kind of built his character as a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my big thing is building character, character development, and that kind of shows even with our setup, with kind of doing the whole production with the lights, the sound. And everything else like that. So I'm a big production guy, but I'm also a yeah. big character guy. Do you when when the when the shows? Uh, it's a two part question. I'll ask the first one. Okay. Um, 
when the shows hit IWTV, do you watch from start to finish? Yes. Or have you um, seen it already? Actually, um, we, we have actually seen it already. Um, mm -hmm. Our production guy, um, Prophets of Ash, is amazing mm -hmm. um, because he has all of – he comes in early. He does all of our pre-tapes. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the pre-tapes you'll see on the show, but all the videos in between the matches, everything, that's all his – his baby right there. He does an awesome sure. job with editing, yeah. but when he gets home at midnight on Saturday after our show, he's already uploading footage to get ready to cut. So like this evening, he's already sent us to approve um, all of our match graphics, the name plates and everything. Oh, so wow. all he has to do, all he has to do once he's done filming on Saturday, takes it home, gets it done, edits it. And then usually Sunday night to Monday morning, we're watching the full show. Before it gets sent off. How does it work with your relationship with IWTV? Do you go, did you initially go to them or do they go to you? Um, initially, we, we, initially we came to them um, because at that point, IWTV is kind of the, the pivot point of what you have going and out in independent wrestling right now because you mm -hmm. have, you know, you have your paradigm, you have everyone else that's on it. And then, uh, Ava, <laughs> funny, but, uh, oh, where was I? Oh yeah. Talking about IWTV. Sorry yeah. about that. No worries. Uh, yeah. So IWTV is really interesting. Don't worry, I have two monsters on the other side of this wall going at it, so don't you yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. It's, it's all, but uh, no, with IWTV originally, it wasn't it wasn't them coming to us. It was us mm -hmm. wanting to get our product out. But now that we've we've been on IWTV for going on two years, um, mm -hmm. you know nothing nothing against them, but even you know they have a, the subscription service. It's mm -hmm. cool. But my thing right now is... Are we back? Yeah, we're back. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, um, I had two phone calls ringing in, and then I was letting the dogs outside. So, but uh, yeah, I like IWTV. They have the subscription service that you can go on, you know, $9.99 a month. It's awesome because there's several hundred companies on there. Yeah. But, uh, a goal that Earl and Chris and I talked about is just getting our product out in front of people is our goal of right mm -hmm. now. So... Even though we're, we're uploading, we're premiering on IWTV, I think if you look at our YouTube channel now, you see us kind of uploading the uh, the backlog to IWTV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not for free. Yeah. Yeah, for free. So that's, that's one. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, you go ahead. I was going to say, you know, a, a big thing now is, you know, the, the YouTube era where, you know, YouTube – you know, they have their copyright laws and all that. But right mm -hmm. now, even uploading to your Facebook, uploading to YouTube is a tool that some people don't take advantage of. And I know, like, you know, when it's on IWTV, you know, you got to subscribe. But, you know, I think going towards the end of the year and coming up to next year, you're going to see a lot more of our videos out and about instead of just on one subscription service. Yeah, yeah. Um, Our... Are you able to sleep the night before a show? Uh, it really depends because 
the the way that this weekend will work is I'll go to work. I'll work my daily job tomorrow. Um, I'm actually a security officer. Um, okay. I'll work seven to I'll work seven six thirty to three. I'll get off at three. I'll come home. Once I come home, I'll take a shower. I'll put on my gym shorts, my t-shirt. Um, meet my father over at our warehouse. Hook up the trailer. Head straight to West T. Um, from oh, four p until around eleven or twelve. We're at the building, setting the ring up, setting the lights up, um, just getting the initial setup done. And that's not including like me coming home at midnight or doing it while we're there. We have an awesome setup crew, uh, <laughs> Jennifer, Danny, Marissa, uh, Jimmy, his wife, um, just wonderful crew that's out, yeah. you know, you see them as security, but I mean, I can't thank them enough because they're. They're they're in it to win it, and they've been so loyal to us. And they're they're, they're yeah, passionate. you're lucky. Yeah, it helps. Yep, but uh, so that happens. I get home around midnight. I'll go to sleep, wake up. Um, my phone will start ringing probably at seven o'clock in the morning, and oh, that's geez. including people asking about the show, um, messages on Facebook, tons of them, and then just keeping keeping in contact with Earl and Chris throughout the day. Um, cause I usually, I'm usually the first one at the arena. <clears throat> I try not to be cause you know, Saturdays I try to wake up and be super chill, drink my coffee, but yeah, I, I've always been the guy, you know, it's 11 AM. I got to be at the building, you know, just to turn stuff on, get things ready. And then once, you know, once the video guys come in around one or two pre-tape start, you know, uh -huh. guys are getting stretched out in the ring. Um, you know, several hundred conversations, several hundred script changes, stuff like that. So it, it's funny because, again, I, I call it I, I call it a curse, but it's not a curse. But there's, uh -huh. there's so much that goes into New Wave that I think a lot of people think, okay, let's get a ring. Let's just do a show and be done and cool. There, there's so yeah, much just, more. Just some cool so moves. moves and... Yeah. Was it, um, was it difficult um, – to kind of like delegate and be comfortable like that stuff will get done as opposed um, to you doing it all at first yes because like when we do our setup like i could i could go in with my eyes closed now and say hey you know i know we're gonna set up the ring first after the ring gets set up we put up the guardrails after the guardrails the stage gets set up after the stage we do the lighting run all the cords run all the power do the sound set out the chairs set up the merch area entrance way, blah, blah, blah. I, I know that, but I, I just, you know, sometimes it gets hectic. Sometimes I'm not able to show up. So like, if I would have to work late, I would be still texting them and be like, Hey, where you at on set? How's it going? And, it, and it's not me micromanaging. It's just, you know, I'm like, okay, this is, this is the time frame we have in the next two days. Let's get it done. But, Do but at first it took me, it took me a little bit to kind of delegate. Cause like I said, back in the day, it was, it was just me doing the promoting, doing the booking. Yeah. But, now, but now that Chris has came on as co-owner and then Earl's our 100% booker, mm -hmm. it kind of takes that off where I can kind of do the front of house stuff and production where instead of me running back and forth at the ticket booth to backstage because yeah. somebody has a question, they know to go to Earl. Uh, Chris is a big help with our merch and stuff like that, doing flyers. Yeah input so we all kind of know our role as the show's going on but before the show it's it's hectic sometimes does your wife have a role at the show <laughs> she um 
if if we were running our our own concession stand, she would be doing that. Um, she has started to take an interest in our merch table because oh, yeah. So <clears throat> she's wanting to start like with the whole t-shirt thing. Um, she was like, "You guys need to get t-shirts again. You guys need to get this." So she's gonna start branding a lot of stuff with New Wave. Cool. Um, with just trying to get more merch. And I'm not talking about like new wave this, new wave that, but just mm-hmm. getting a, a wide variety because, you know, kids come to shows, they'll, they'll want glow sticks. Um, For sure. Very, yeah. And then even um, this show, which we won't, we'll have it at this show. It's our first time trying it because um, I was so lenient, but I think becoming, you know, coming into 2022, growing our fan base, we have a local bar that will be catering the event. Um, and we're only allowing beer. It's only going to be beer, uh, oh, beer nice. sales, and they're going to take care of all that because I don't want to. I don't want to get too crazy with the other stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I think that's going to kind of bring in the some of the older crowd and some of the college crowd saying, "Hey, you know, I can go enjoy wrestling." And like I said, we've got a great security team that that's on it, so they 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 know my ex are my expectations. They know Chris's expectations. They know Earl's mm-hmm. expectations. So it's not like they have to come up to me like, "Hey, do we need to eject this guy?" I'm like, you know what to do, man. <laughs> How far in advance are you? Do you think? Like, like, are you thinking shows in it in, in your head like in advance of what's going on? Say, you know, on on Saturday. So, so I will. T- we we have certain certain things that certain shows in progress that's going to pull us from now all the way past January in 2023. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. do sometimes like do you have to like you know, do something a little different than the original plan? Oh, all the time. I, I mean, mean you even, have to improvise here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's in middle of shows where guys don't show up or they they we've had we've had a guy leave before before his match just because he got upset happened. uh it's it's he might have got upset of what's mm-hmm. going on or he might have just made up an excuse to leave but i mean we've seen it we've seen it all so now the wrestling what, how difference. do you handle like say someone doesn't show up do you give them do you give them another chance or do you base it on what the the story is um, it, it really depends because it, at that point, if, if they're calling us at six o'clock and say, Hey, I got a flat tire. So-and-so can't come pick me up. I'm not going to be able to make it. It's cool. But if mm-hmm. you're calling us because you know your story, so to speak, and you don't like it and you're making up these excuses then I, then I had like in my mind, like I tell Earl all the time, look, if they're, they're not going to want to do this and they're not going to want to wrestle for us. Because they're just not coming in to do, you know, just come in, wrestle, leave. They're gonna, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're coming in to to tell a story because we have this big story going on. So there's sometimes that we have to change stuff on the fly. There's sometimes that we had to change stuff mid match. Uh, wow, yeah, That's crazy. oh my god. All right, what's your like future vision of New Wave Pro? Um, in the next. Five years, I would like to see us in a permanent location in Terre Haute sure. with a weekly wrestling episode getting That'd put out on YouTube great. live. I mean, especially our, with our, the characters, you could do awesome, like, episodic sh- uh, shows. Yeah, and especially with, with higher ground taking off. And, 
And right now we're kind of in negotiation with a few establishments to do some Sunday events at their place just so we can get some higher ground episodes taped because the higher ground our higher ground episodes kind of kind of bring up to the main shows but it take it gets us the higher ground usually introduces the characters to the main shows that's our goal with higher ground um i'm gonna let you get back to your four-year-old you're on the clock for saturday i imagine already at this point Um, (laughs) oh i've been on the clock for saturday for the past month so it's all good man um well i just heard some crazy noise that just frightened me okay anyways (laughs) can i ask you five non-wrestling related yes or no questions sure okay um one can you fly no okay are you afraid of zippers no Okay. For $3.2 million, would you try crack one time? $3.2 million. Think of this beautiful little daughter having college paid for. And (laughs) I don't want you to commit to this answer right yet. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to move on. Um, Have you ever eaten like an onion, like it was an an apple? Yes. Really? And what were the circumstances if you can if you can reveal? Um, I had to figure out if I had COVID or not. And I couldn't I was I was telling myself, I was like, I don't know if I can taste anything, so I grab an onion and Oh my nothing. nothing. Oh my did you nothing. tear up at all? No. And this was and this was after I took the lemon juice out of the fridge and chugged it and I still couldn't taste that either. Oh my god, that's crazy. Okay, last question. Um, do you ever wear a cape around Terre Haute? No. Or is your wife embarrassed if you did something like that? Um, she would be embarrassed. Uh, it's funny because when we got together, I still had the what, what I call the wrestling hair, which I had mm-hmm. long hair, man bun. The beard was about six times the length of this. Oh, wow. So, Were you I was nervous about- when you groomed? That she was not going to be as attracted to you? Uh, not really, because she kind of really pushed the, she didn't really push the haircut, but I was like, you know, I'm not wrestling. It's getting in the way. But I was like, mm-hmm. I need something different. I didn't tell anyone I was cutting and I just got it done. And then just kind of <laughs> were like, where's your hair go? And that is true. But what I was saying was, yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm truly grateful uh, for you giving me this time. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I wish you guys nothing but like, uh, happiness and wealth, you know, and just well, you'll be there Saturday, won't you? Ocean. You'll be, you'll, you're coming Saturday night, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, cool, cool. I got you. I'll be there by for the way, sure. Um, yep. and I will. Um, what was going to say? Um, I, yeah, I'll I'll come over and introduce myself. But uh, again, thank you so much. I wish you uh, wish you well and your family, and I'll see you on Saturday. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. You take care. You too. All right, bye.